Welcome to the Ministry Leader Podcast, where every week we continue to document what's happening with the coronavirus and the COVID-19 threat that's sweeping across the United States and around the world. There's lots of changes in youth ministry that you obviously are feeling and things that you are doing that others need to hear about. So we will continue to document the changes in youth ministry as we go. Today is Friday, April the 3rd. It's my wife's birthday. Happy birthday, Amy. I love you. This episode will air on Monday, April 6th, and as you know, from week to week and day to day, things change, so the things that we say that we learned on this podcast may change in just a couple days when maybe you are hearing this. Chase the Ace, my usual partner in podcasting, has taken a couple weeks off to really focus on family and ministry at his site, so I hope to have him back soon. But I do have a guest today. Eric Kelly is a friend of mine, also serves with Youth for Christ um, in the Denver office, the national office, serves as the National Director of Volunteer Engagement and Juvenile Justice Ministries Director. So Eric, welcome. It's good to have you on the show today. Hey, thanks. Thanks. Uh, good to be here. Happy birthday to your wife. Yeah, I will. I'll let her know you said that. Thanks. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> Eric, tell us just a little bit about who you are, anything you feel like is pertinent to help us meet you and get to know you a little bit, and tell us a little bit about what those two roles that I just announced were. Yeah, they were long. Good job handling those two, by the way. <laughs> Thanks. Um, uh, yeah, so I have uh, been with YFC for 21 years. Um, I started when I was seven. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but started pretty time. much right out of yeah, exactly, right out of college, and um, I serve in a couple different roles. Um, majority of my time with YFC has been around kids incarcerated, and so I lead um, our juvenile justice ministry, reaching young people in about 200 facilities across the country. And so I resource and equip and coach. Um, and then um, about seven months ago, I stepped into a volunteer engagement role. For YFC, and that really is about um, how do we move our organization towards um, empowering, equipping, and enabling more volunteers. And um, so it's new to me. Um, not new to you know, I'm not new to volunteer engagement, but as a role, and so it's been fun. Um, originally got my start in Fort Wayne, Indiana, um, doing YFC. There you go. Um, and then moved out here I don't know, eight years ago to start working for the National Service Center. Midwest boy, grew up in Michigan. Um, love my Midwest, except this time of the year where you guys don't see the sun. Um, no, it's so actually yeah. a little sunny today. We finally got a day of spring. <laughs> there you go. It counts. We got four and a half inches of snow last night. So, How about that? But uh, it was gone this yeah. morning, probably, right? It, it was. It yep. so quick out here. So yeah, I love it. It's a great place to live. But yeah, I've been married for 17 years. My wife um, works at Compassion International. That's actually why we moved out to Colorado Springs um, for her. So yeah, we love it out here. Miss family and friends back in the Midwest, but I love what we get to do. Yeah. And one thing I didn't say, Eric, that I think is valuable for people to know about you is you are an avid storm chaser. Am I right? I am. Yeah. It was all based out of fear. The funny things we do out of fear. (laughs) I was afraid afraid as a kid and fell in love with it. And now it's become a little bit of a monster. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Maybe we'll talk more about that as we go today. Absolutely. Um, Be fun. Well, Eric, thanks for joining us. I'm excited to have you on the show. Um, I think you offer really a unique perspective with your background in juvenile justice ministry or working with kids incarcerated and this volunteer engagement piece and following COVID-19 so closely as you are. The perspective that like, I wanted to talk to you about is I feel a little boxed in, right? This is you know, two weeks now of not leaving the house 
unless there's a necessity to leave the house. And our governor just extended here in Indiana another two weeks to stay at home uh, enforcement. And so it's going to be a while. And I've noticed in myself, you know, the, the feelings changing of, hey, this isn't so bad to, oh, no, I've got another month of this, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But kids, kids deal with that as well. And so you dealing with kids incarcerated, like they get locked up and sometimes it's a while before they can yeah. leave their, their cell. Talk about the similarities we're seeing now that kids are experiencing that maybe you've seen working with kids incarcerated. Yeah, there are a lot of similarities. It's, it's actually fascinating to think about over the last couple of weeks. You know, when a young person first gets incarcerated and they, they're sitting in a jail cell, they, they make it onto a, a unit or whatever, um, there's initially some, some hope. Um, they just got there. Uh, they can think about, you know, how many days they have left, when they can get out. They're still able to dream about going and being with their girlfriend or going on a trip or, or doing some things. <laughs> You know, initially, um, they come in pretty optimistic. And the longer they stay in there, you know, weeks, months, you know, sometimes even years in our case, um, you start to see that sense of hope go away. Mm. And you even start to see, Brian, the, the sense of how far out they can think begin to shrink. And I think we're seeing that even with young people now um, who aren't incarcerated but are stuck in their homes. Yeah. You know, initially... It's like, hey, pretty cool. I got no, I don't have school. I can jump on Netflix. I can, you know, do all these things. And this is, this is kind of cool. I'll eat all the food in the house on the first day. Yep. You know, make life tough for my mom. But the more this situation continues, the, you know, as you said, the more we extend these periods of time, the more, again, even for a young person who's at home with a lot of really cool things around them, um, the future will start to shrink and they'll start to have those moments too of going like, I ever get out of here? Will we ever leave again? You know, we talk about a kid incarcerated who's been there for a long time. Their window of thinking is about 24 hours. Like they can only think about the next 24 hours. And, you know, we're starting to see that with young people that are even in their homes. You know, they, they're not thinking six months ahead or a month ahead. And they're just thinking about how do I just get through today, get through tomorrow. So there are a lot of similarities um, around a kid incarcerated and a kid at home. Yeah. So, um, you, it's funny you mentioned like they're excited about, Hey, I get to be home. I don't have school, whatever. Like I remember the, the initial disappointment in my kids was we're not going on spring break. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, well, actually I've got an extended spring break. It's just at home. And now it's like, I won't see anybody until August at this point. And that's a challenge. So we've wrestled with that even here on our own. So what would you, like, how do you within JJM, as you see this transition in kids that have hope initially that begin to lose hope, how do your leaders engage with kids like that as that mindset changes that might encourage leaders working with kids now? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. You know, I think about, you know, we, we help our staff ask really good questions. And I think that's ministry in general is asking really good questions. Um, And so even with a young person incarcerated who's been there for a while, you have to get them to to dream a little bit. And it's really hard at first. You'll ask a question like, you know, what what do you see yourself doing in 10 years? And immediately it defaults to, you know, I'll still be locked up or, you know, something like that. And so um, it's it's trying to do it in, in little tiny pieces of going like, Hey, tell me what one of your favorite memories of Christmas is or Christmas, you know, that sort of thing. And so you get them to start thinking past the 24 hour window. So tell me about summer. 
tell me what you bet what you love about summers um, or tell me what you're looking forward to in the fall. You have to continue uh, with young people, continue to ask questions that get them thinking ahead um, instead of the, you know, the mindset they're in of what am I going to do tomorrow? And so, you know, for us, it's just, it's really important to, to be able to dialogue and to get them thinking, you know, past tomorrow, past a week, past a month. Um, but it's very, very hard because you're in that mindset and it's all you really are thinking about is the next few hours stuck in a house or, you know, in our case with kids stuck in a cell. So asking good questions and getting them really thinking about the future, um, continuing to kind of work that muscle memory of yeah. thinking, thinking ahead is, is something we try to do. Yeah, that's good. I think that's good. We can we can do that uh, virtually. We can't obviously sit down face to face with the kid right now. But I think that the challenge here is that leaders are dealing with this too. It's not like yeah. we're coming in from the outside because we have hope and our lives are normal and we can help them dream about a normal life. We're stuck inside as well, right? And so um, we may have some leaders feeling that same kind of sense of loss of hope and lack of you know, dreaming of what's next. So how, what would you say to leaders who might be experiencing that too? Yeah. I mean, first off, it's okay to feel that way. I mean, I think that this has been um, something that um, none of us expected. And so um, it's okay to have those moments. I think admitting that is, is, is fair, you know, for us, um, for my wife and I, it's, it's doing just simple, practical, tangible things like, um, you know, jumping online and looking at next vacation locations. Like where can we go on vacation? Um, or, you know, or we have a few travel magazines cause we love to travel. And so thinking about, man, it'd be fun to go uh, to Europe when this is all over with, or, you know, we have a, actually have a flight, um, we have a trip planned to Iceland, um, in wow. July. And so, um, talking about that, what are we going to go see? What are we going to go do? What are you most excited about? I think even just, should we take Brian little, with us? We should, we take, should Brian carry our baggage? Um, <laughs> um, you know, anything we can do to just continue to think, think forward. And yeah. so whether it's jumping on websites and looking at travel locations or um, talking about household projects, what do we want to work on next? What are we going to do in the yard this summer? Um, you know, what are we going to do for Thanksgiving? Anything we can do that just get our mind off the moment for a little bit is really, really good. And so, you know, again, for us, the trigger is travel whatever that trigger is, whatever gets you most excited, gets you, you know, um, thinking forward, do those things, you know, look at magazines, look at websites, watch TV shows, anything you can, again, get yourself thinking, you know, past 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the, that's a difficult thing when we run out of shows to watch when we, you know, (laughs) we've come to the end of the internet, you know, or someone posted like, I finished Netflix today. Now what, you know, like, that's awesome. um, it's, that. it's hard to do that. But that, I think that's strong encouragement to think about what, what was life like before this? What did you love mm-hmm. to do and start dreaming about what it could be when this yeah. is done? Yeah. And I think about, you know, the, we've had not this same moment, but we've had moments like this before. Mm-hmm. I mean, my generation was probably nine 11. And you think about the days after September 11th. I mean, we just, we, we were in feeling like this, like nothing was going to change. Like we were just stuck. Yeah. What's going to happen next? What, what could happen? You know, and so, but we got through it and we moved on and it was, you know, one day at a time. And, and, and so that, that'll happen too here. Um, but obviously right now in the middle of it, it's really hard. Yeah. And you don't know what those things are that are going to change too. So I remember after 9-11, that's, I think that's a good analogy. Like air travel was a nightmare. You know, the lines were so long and security was crazy and we've just adjusted to it. And it it's yeah. not so bad anymore. I mean, it's it's bad, but it's not so bad anymore, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, and and I mean things might permanently change. I mean, so we may not handshake as much anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm actually okay with that. I, I get, sometimes <laughs> I get sweaty palms. Um, so You're more I'm of a okay hugger. Yeah, not even that. <laughs> Knuckle, knuckles. Yeah, or, there you yeah. go. So um, I think there may be things that just, you know, with social distancing that, that may change a little bit. And that's okay. That's, you know, that's how we evolve. Yeah. So. Well, let's uh, let's transition a little bit, Eric, um, and talk about kind of the, the pivots we've seen people make. Because obviously things have changed and I've been really encouraged by seeing leaders continue to engage. Um not, you know, at, at different levels, you know, some have really hit it hard and some have kind of backed off and tried to get their head about them before they get back in. And maybe some are still going, I'm not on social media. I don't use my computer a lot. I don't know how to engage and they're trying to figure it out. So what are some ways that you've seen specifically volunteers pivot from the face-to-face in-person ministry that we've all maybe taken for granted for so long, um, to more of an online ministry at a distance. Yeah. I mean, it's been, you know, I'm surprisingly, and I shouldn't be surprised, but I have been, um, it's actually pretty encouraging and exciting right now. Um, and I think why is, you know, um, right now for volunteers, because so much has changed because there are things like their schedule have changed and, um, things like um, they're not going to soccer tournaments. Sorry, Brian. Um, you know, <laughs> I not that. going to yeah, but to band concerts. Um, their schedule is different, and so they may have some freedoms that they haven't before. And so we're seeing volunteers engage more during mm. this time. And you know, maybe maybe before they only had two hours on a Monday night. Well, you know, now the fact that I'm home all day and a young person's home all day, that engagement could happen at noon. Yeah. Um, and so there's more time, even though it's the same 24 hours, but because of the things that we're no longer doing, we have, we have more time to engage young people. And so we're seeing um, volunteers engage young people at different times. And, and again, like you said, in, in much different ways. Um, and I think that's actually okay. Um, I think we've seen them engage more personally, more one-on-one um, because they have more opportunities. So it actually been really, really encouraging um, and, and they've been doing the social media things when they can, but the things like a, a you know, a one-on-one phone call, um, yeah. or text messaging, I mean, the, the depth at which we're seeing volunteers go, um, is, is, is much further than it was even when we were doing face-to-face ministry. So, yeah. uh, again, it would be easy to go, man, we're doing so much, le- we're doing so, so much less interaction and we're not seeing face-to-face, but man, the interactions and in depth with kids, maybe, maybe might be deeper. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that'll set us up for another question I want to ask you a little bit later about maybe the long-term effects of the changes we're seeing now. So I'm going to hang on to that concept for just a moment. But what yeah. are, I want to talk about kind of the maybe some of the easiest and the most difficult pivots you've seen people yeah. um, try to adjust to. Yeah, I mean, I think the easiest, like I said, has been their schedule, right? Schedules yeah. are different. Um, and so the ability to uh, again, to jump on, uh, you know, early, earlier in the day or later in the day has been really good. Um, it's been easier, I think, to engage one-on-one um, yeah. with a young, with a young person. So we've moved away in, in, in a little bit now of being programmatic. And now we're about talking in the depth of, of conversation. So that's been really good. Um, you know, probably the hardest part um, has been, you know, tech, tech. Um, I mean, I, I'm a guy who's been working with kids incarcerated for 21 years. I haven't done a lot of tech. You know, I don't know what the latest current ways of connecting and using social media. And so, you know, for some of our volunteers have to do some learning. 
Yeah. Uh, how do I do this? And how do I navigate this? How do I do it safely? How do yeah. I, pr- you know, protect myself and the young person? That sort of thing. Um, so I think that's been maybe the hardest part is just finding the avenues and going to where young people are. Um, you know, this isn't the time where, where we wait for young people to come to us. I mean, we need to go seek them out. And you know, some methods of social media allow us to do that. Yeah. Um, and also, I think, the, you know, I think one of the challenges right now, and you said it, is, um, man, this is hard on all of us. And so um, my mess and the stuff at home and my insecurities around family, sickness, job, finances, whatever it is, come into that too. But that's an awesome opportunity uh, because what's better for a young person to hear is, guess what? This is really hard on me too. Yeah. And this is a struggle and I have anxiety and it's okay to have anxiety, but here's what I, where I go when I have anxiety. So I think there are some things that are easier, but obviously things that, that are pretty difficult right now. Yeah. What a, I, I love that you said that, that it's a moment that we can really be authentic because it's, it's a level playing field for all of us. Life is yeah. different for everybody. Uh, in this case. And if we can talk about that, honestly, even better with a young person that can hear from a leader, like, man, I'm struggling too. And here's how yeah. I'm dreaming. Here's how I'm trying to get through it. And I would encourage you to do the same. So that's good. So I wanted to ask you another question, kind of along those same lines, uh, as we make these pivots and make these changes, there's some things that we have to leave behind and we kind of mourn those things, right? The 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 ways that we've naturally done ministry and we're really comfortable with but those that have made some pivots we've seen some fruit right so you maybe have some time at lunch like you said that engage a kid and not wait till next week monday night the next time you see him um so that's just an example but what what's some fruit that maybe you've seen or heard about from ministry sites across the country of people that have really made some of these pivots well yeah you know change is hard for everybody and you mentioned change and um, letting go of things that we've done in the past, that, that can be hard too. Um, but we're seeing really cool fruit happening. Um, even, I'll take it to an extreme, kids incarcerated. Um, reaching them in this time is really hard. You're not <laughs> FaceTiming with a kid in a cell. And, right. you know, we're not doing, um, you know, Facebook scavenger hunts inside the jail, <laughs> things like that. But, um, Boy, they would love that because, though, I bet, wouldn't they? <laughs> that would be fascinating, wouldn't it? Oh my gosh. Um, but because we know we still want to maintain that connection, we have to get really creative. And so um, seeing our staff navigate ways of doing that. And I think in times of crisis, you know, it forces us to rethink um, the ways that we do things and, and we reinvent. And so we've had staff reinvent. Um, and so we, in some facilities, can do things like Zoom. Um, in some facilities, man, it's old school and it's a DVD. Remember these? <laughs> what I'll tell you about what these is later. that? I don't know they, I know exactly. <laughs> a DVD? In fact, I had one. In fact, I had one on my desk. I'm not yeah. even sure why. But, um, <laughs> you know, in, in recording a message or a lesson and sending it in, um, or, you know, the power of taking a ballpoint pen and writing out a handwritten card to a young person. Like, yeah. when's the last time a young person got something in the mail yeah. that's handwritten that says, thinking about you? Um, care, you know, I care for you, um, um, you know, praying for you, that sort of thing, the power of that. Um, and, and maybe we're learning, you know, technology could never get us to that point with a young person with the power of a handwritten note. Yeah. So, I mean, so we're, we have to get creative. And I think, again, crisis makes us do that. But, you know, the hope is when, when normal comes back, when, whenever that normal is, yeah. um, some of the habits, um, some of the behaviors, some of the methods, 
um, and, and you, know, you know, just the things that we do every day stick. Maybe we continue to handwrite letters to young people. Maybe we continue to actually use a phone and call them and, and listen to their voice. And so what I'm hoping and what, what I believe will happen is, you know, once we're back to normal, um, you know, the things that we've learned now carry on. And we only enhance ministry because we go back to doing all the face-to-face stuff. But now we have the virtual stuff that we've been doing that I hope sticks. Yeah. So let's talk about that for a minute. Uh, let's tap into your weatherman um, side a little bit. And let's okay. forecast what's what's to come. What do you see coming as far as ministry goes that's going to be different than what we look back and go, this is what it used to be? Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, so with severe weather, there's obviously a lot of hoping. So I'm going to tell you what I hope, because I, I certainly don't know. Yeah, sure. Um, if I knew, yeah, if I knew, I mean, I'd probably be in a different job. Yeah, see, this is the fun of it, right? Like, you're you're yeah. more familiar with weather forecasting than I am, but you watch the local news, and um, it's yeah. going to be 70 degrees and sunny tomorrow, and it's like 50 and cloudy, and you're like, yeah. what happened? Yeah, right? So you can be wrong. It's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Even within weather, right? We look at different models, and every model tells you something different. Right. So you try to take all those and put them into one. Right. And so, um, here's what I, here's what I hope happens. Um, I I feel like prior to this, um, and and I'm guilty of it too. uh, We have tended to be very programmatic in how we do ministry. Mm -hmm. I mean, ministry kind of centers around an event. Uh, Maybe it's a youth group on a Wednesday night or a Sunday night, or, you know, in in YFC, we have campus life or go into a facility on a Sunday and do a church service for a detention center. Like they've been very focused on, um, some type of program, which isn't bad. Programs are awesome. But, you know, thinking about our um, our journey with Jesus, you know, Brian, you and I, I'm imagining our lifelong followers of Jesus, not because of a program, because of a person, because of right. a relationship. Yep. And so I hope my desire is we'll go back and we'll still do amazing programmatic things. I think we have some of the most creative people in the world in youth ministry who are doing amazing things um, programmatically. But I hope this is just a great reminder um, that relationships are the most important thing and that everything we do in ministry is to get to the point where you're having a one-on-one conversation with a person. And so, man, I want to go back to programs too, because we have good curriculum and good, you know, small group resources, but uh, I want us to remember, and I hope we do, that um, the one-on-one connections that we made, the, the ways that we were available during this time for young people who maybe haven't engaged in a long time and never came to a program, sent a message and said, can we talk? Can we talk about what's going on? Like, I, I hope we don't forget those and that we, again, um, have programs and have that stuff, but, but continue to think about all the other ways that we can engage young people in relationships, because that's why um, they're, you know, become lifelong followers of Jesus. And that's why it sticks because of relationships. So I hope relationships mean more. They mean a lot now. And I'm not saying, I don't want to, you know, say that that's not true, but I hope again, we have a little bit of a reminder that the one-on-one conversations and the small group stuff really mattered during this time. And the programs really didn't. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost that, uh, you don't know what you have till it's gone kind of thing. Right. And you take for granted some of the stuff you have, the relationships that you have, you know, we maybe took for granted the programming and whatever, and we leaned into that too much. But now that we don't have the face-to-face relationship, uh, we recognize even more so how important it really is. And we're excited to get back to it. So, um, yeah, I hope you're right. You know, that's a that's a great forecast for ministry. And I, I do think we're seeing that locally here that people are missing those face-to-face relationships. They they want 
to hear a voice, not see a text come through. You know, we're trying to reach out to our volunteer leaders and some of our donors and just say, hey, how can we pray for you? And we're sending texts and emails and we're getting phone calls back from people saying, hey, I just wanted to chat with you a little bit. We miss that. And so I, I think you're right. I think we'll see more of that leaning into the relational side of ministry more than anything else. Yeah, I mean, the tech is amazing, right? I mean, think about if, if COVID would have happened 20 years ago. I mean, who knows what we would have done? We would have been creative and found a way, um, but you wouldn't have Zoom and you wouldn't have YouTube and you wouldn't have the things that we have. You wouldn't have Netflix, which who knows what we would have done without that. During this time. <laughs> We'd probably been um, way better off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I would have pulled out the VHS tapes and put them into the VHS player. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. And, and, uh, but yeah. And so I, I love the tech. It's been able to help us do some amazing things, but again, all centered around the most important part, which are just relationships. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 Well, Eric, as we wrap up, is there any final words of encouragement or inspiration you would want to offer from your position as volunteer engagement coordinator for YFC USA Fancy. to all the volunteer ministry leaders that are listening from, you know, across the country and even scattered around the world in places? Yeah, just a couple of things. One, I mean, we've mentioned it a few times here, but the importance of caring for yourself. You know, if, if we're empty, um, we can't give anything to young people. And so making sure that we're filled. Um, and so whatever that means for you. And this is, again, we've said it really tough for all of us. And we all have our fears and our anxieties um, that sort of thing. And so making sure we're doing things that care for ourselves and, and, you know, whatever that is for you. And we've talked about a number of those things here, but self-care is really important and soul care is really, really important. So I would say that, and again, tech, we've mentioned that tech isn't everything. If you're out there and you're like, I don't know FaceTime and I don't know Snapchat and I don't, you know, Instagram, that's okay, man, take out a ballpoint pen, get a young person's address and send them a card um, or send them an email, whatever it is, every touch point matters. Um, and figure out what works for you. I mean, obviously we want to challenge ourselves with tech, but I mean, but there are some really simple things we can still do that really do matter for young people. And then, you know, this is also a really good time maybe to educate ourselves around young people. And so it might be something like social media. So learning new platforms and, and that sort of thing, but also, you know, maybe doing a little bit of learning on, you know, for us in my world of kids incarcerated, a high-risk kid, how they think, how they work you know, that sort of thing. So there's cool opportunities to do that. No, but ultimately, I just, I want to say thanks for what what they're doing. Thanks for what you're doing. Um, it matters to a young person. You know, mm-hmm. um, my story is that of volunteers, mainly volunteers. I had youth pastors, but it was two volunteers that came into my world when I was 16 years old that just poured into me. And I tried to push them away forever. Um, and they just kept pushing in, pushing in, and finally something broke through. And so just say, even if you you feel like what you're doing isn't making a difference, it is. Continue to chip away, continue to be there. Um, and again, in this time, we're seeing just lots of young people who have never been engaged going like, I just need someone to talk to because I have nobody. And so yep. thank you for being there and, you know, and having that opportunity. So it's a bit of an encouragement of the what. What you're doing is really matters for, for individuals like me and my journey, but for lots of young people out there right now. So just keep it up, keep pressing in. And, and um, yeah, even if you don't see the fruits until the other side of eternity, what yeah. you're doing matters. Yeah. 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 
That's a good word, Eric. Thank you for that. And thank you for joining me today on the podcast. It was a pleasure to have you on. I know we've talked uh, numerous times and worked together throughout the years on different things, but it's good to have your voice speaking into uh, leaders across the country right now in a different way. So thanks for joining me. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Continue to listen next Monday. We've got another podcast coming as we continue to, to document week to week what's happening with COVID-19 across the country and how ministry leaders like yourselves are changing and adapting and continuing to engage students in new ways. So thanks for listening.